I didn't know the word at the time, but I look back on it now and think maybe I was the fluffer of sorts as the precursor to these guys getting married. Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Before I get into today's topic, I want to first say thank you to all our listeners across the globe. You are the reason I'm doing this podcast, to share my message with you. Thanks for continuing to listen, and please consider leaving a rating or review. It means a lot. I love hearing from you. Also, I've now recorded my first interview for this podcast. Amy Brick is an only child. She's a comedian, a wife, mother, and a real estate broker. How does she balance it all? And what has being an only child meant to her life? You'll find out soon. I'm working on editing it right now, and it will be ready in the coming weeks. I'm also recording another interview next week with an author who reached out to me. She's written a book about navigating your parents' later years. It's a great book, and I wish I had had it when I was going through all this with my folks. So stay tuned. Today, I want to talk about learning to date, (laughs) navigating dating, and finding the love of my life. Yes, June is a pivotal month for me, for our family. It's when Dallas, our horse, came to live with us, when we adopted Brownie, our dog, for my mom. She's now our dog. When we brought Bubby, our cat, home from the barn. And it's also the month Bill and I started our relationship 30 years ago. Oh, wow. 30 years? Hmm. We had known each other about two months, meeting at the apartment building where we both lived. But let me go back in time because finding love really is a lifelong process. I wanted a good, solid relationship early on, a good, solid boyfriend who would turn into a husband. But I also wanted my independence. When I was growing up, I loved watching the TV show That Girl with Marla Thomas. Wait, she was an only child, or her character was, right? I marveled at her relationship with boyfriend Donald. They seemed well-suited for each other. He was kind, respectful, and they seemed to love each other. It was a different time in the 60s and 70s, at least for their characters. They just seemed to barely kiss, never had sex with each other. They did things together. They went places together. Two adults working in New York City, trying to eke out an existence. I grew up with the usual schoolgirl crushes, crushes on people, on TV that is, the monkeys, 
everyone was in love with Davy Jones. And he was okay, sure, but I was in love with the other monkey, Michael Nesmith. Tall. My ideal boyfriend had to be tall. And funny with a dose of sarcasm. Funny also became one of the must-haves on my list. And then it was Richard Thomas as John Boy on the Waltons. Not tall and not that funny, but sweet. <laughs> Swooning over cute guys in the media is a given at a certain age, and I guess maybe throughout your life, but it's not realistic when you think about finding someone to share your life with. My first boyfriend was a classmate in my high school drama class. At my school, drama wasn't necessarily for the popular kids. We were working on rehearsing a play, and there was one other guy in class who seemed like we were flirting with each other. I really didn't know what I was doing, what to do. Who did I have to ask? I mean, seriously, even if I thought I had someone to ask, I would have been too embarrassed to really ask for advice. So like so many things through my life, I was on my own. My girlfriends at the time hadn't had a boyfriend either. I was 16 going on 17, just like the song. I guess I must have done something right because I had my first kiss in the doorway of drama class one day. Leonard, or Lenny, as he calls himself now, was a year older than me and a good Mormon boy, or at least trying to be. Much to my mother's horror, I attended church with him and even got a copy of the Book of Mormon, you know, the Mormon Bible, and was reading it a little. My mother was afraid of things that were different. We hadn't attended a church in quite a while, but we were from basically a Protestant church. It was as plain and bland as you can imagine. For years, when people would ask me our religion, I would just say Christian, because our church was like white bread, no character. I think she figured if I tried something, I would stick with it, and it would change me. That wasn't necessarily the case. Lenny also had a bigger family than mine, and I spent time over at his house. I don't know that it was always the model family, but I liked the fact that there were other kids in his family and cousins, and his parents welcomed me into their home. There were also family parties. At my house, my father didn't really seem to be too concerned about this, but my mother was not opening the welcome wagon. We didn't have that kind of house. So his house was a breath of fresh air. Our relationship didn't last long, but it gave me the nuts and bolts of how things worked with dating. Not that I became an expert. Far from it. It also kind of broke my heart a little. Lenny went on to get married and have kids and stepkids. He was married three times. Through the miracle of social media, we got back in touch again several years ago and even put together some comedy shows that I performed at for charity. Now, over 40 years later, he's one of my friends. Full circle. I started community college and always had my eye out for the guys. 
but nothing really happened. I was working part-time in retail at the former department store, the May Company. One day, this guy walked into my department and was talking to the salesperson next to me, a male, and someone I was friends with, because at the May Company, we all pretty much got along. Anyway, this customer was talking, and he said something about his friends, and without even thinking about it, I looked up and looked him in the eye and said, you have friends? With a glint in my eye. He stopped and looked at me, and well, the rest is history. We went out for lunch soon thereafter, and it lasted until dinner. We just kept talking and talking. We got along so well right from the start. We ended up dating for about three and a half years. I call him Bill number one because his name was also Bill. I think my dad didn't really mind him, but my mom, well, of course she had other ideas. At one point he gave me a ring. (laughs) No, not that kind of ring, but he wanted to just give me something as a gift. It was my birthstone, an aquamarine with two tiny diamonds in it. And this completely freaked my mother out. In the end, he had been asking me and pressuring me to marry him. And I just thought it was too early for me. I was still trying to finish college. Then I wanted to get a job and do something and live on my own before I got married. I heard that he quit his job and went back to finish his college degree and then met a gal and got married. I didn't know the word at the time, but I look back on it now and think maybe I was the fluffer of sorts as the precursor to these guys getting married. Oh, not about the sex, but just about them getting to the point they knew they wanted to be married. My parents never pressured me about getting married or leaving the house or moving on or even having grandchildren. I hear other people talking about this, where they're getting pressure from their parents, and I wonder what was wrong with my family. I remember asking my mom one night, my parents and I were driving home from somewhere. I said, do you want me to get married and move out? And my mom said she would like it if I stayed home until I got married. I felt like throwing up right then and there. Now, this is way before dating apps because this was way before cell phones. Again, I'm dating myself. But back in the day, there was such a thing called personal ads. Local papers like the LA Weekly would run ads from people like me where you could advertise for a mate or just a date. This is where the term SWF came from, single white female. There were categories, women seeking men, men seeking women, men seeking men, and so on. My friend Gina and I did this together, and it was a lot of fun. I met several people this way, but nothing really good happened from it. There were, however, a lot of good stories that came out of the bad dates I had. They were like bad blind dates that someone who doesn't really like you sets you up on. I always ask for photos, but even those can be deceiving. I remember one guy looked pretty good in his photo, but he was looking to the side. I I thought, well, I hope his eyes aren't crossed. 
And sure enough, when we met, his eyes were crossed. (laughs) It was just hard to know where to look. He was also a lot younger than he had said he was. And that's the thing about personal ads back then. Someone can write a good letter. Oh, do I miss letter writing? And even send a good photo. But nothing really takes the place of good old-fashioned chemistry. The chemistry you first feel when you meet that special person. The chemistry that hits you in the face. That tells you this is the one. The longest, if you can call it a relationship, I had because of the personal ads was with a future California politician. I'm not going to say his name. He was tall. His family seemed well-to-do, but although he was about 22 or 23 years old at the time, he had obviously not really kissed many girls. Yeah, he was a bad kisser. I tried the best I could with this whole thing. He really seemed to like me, but it just wasn't there. Wasn't there for me. For the first time, my mom really perked up when she met this guy. She made him feel welcome in our house, the yellow and avocado green living room. For her, he checked all the boxes of what, or rather who, I should be dating. Rich. Wait, there must have been something else. Well, let's say decent pedigree. I mean, not that the other guys hadn't had decent pedigrees, but, well, you know. Anyway, this guy was boring. I remember telling my mom that I wasn't going to see him anymore because he was too boring. (laughs) A little while later, I came upon her in the garden. She was muttering to herself, too boring? too boring? Poor woman, she had a short list in mind for me. One of her favorite phrases was, it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as a poor one. Well, that might be true, but I never seemed to be around the rich ones. Or maybe I wasn't attracted to the rich ones. Or if I had been a few years down the road, my response to my mom probably would have been, rich men could be more screwed up than poor ones. There were a couple of guys during this period of time who I also really, really liked. I mean, really. These were guys who I gave all the signals to, but nothing happened. I don't think it was me. In retrospect, it was them. Bottom line, I wasn't the right one. Or maybe even the right sex. And that's okay. Uh, My mom's advice. I got to a point in my life where I knew that asking for advice from her was usually a no-win situation. It wasn't that she meant bad things for me. She just hadn't had the best life herself and hadn't experienced a lot as an only child. And so she really didn't always have the best advice to give. I remember this one time though, I was, I was really low. Bill number one and I had broken up and that had seemed like my base of support, my social structure for so long. I had some other male friends, but nothing was really sparking. I felt alone and that was a bad thing for me. Mom took me aside and told me 
one day a man would look at me and pursue me and there would be nothing I could do about it. He would love me and that would be the one. Well, this was terrifying to an independent kind of gal like me. A guy was going to start pursuing me and that would be it? Would I have nothing to say about this? Would my opinion count for anything? Would I even like him? Well, this didn't make me feel any better. I never was good at playing the game or playing hard to get or doing, I guess, what I was supposed to do as a female. I tried to intellectualize the whole process and I was overthinking it. I also figured if I pursued the men I liked, maybe that would work. In my naivete, I thought I could just be completely forthcoming. And the guys would see me and be like, wow, and it would work. I'm here to tell you that never worked. I mean, we've come so very far, right? Well, that's not really how it all works. Still, as far as we've come as women, I think men still have to be the ones who make the first move. They really have to make up their minds first. Fast forward to 30 years ago. There was a guy in my life, but he wasn't the right guy. But I was so desperate not to be alone that I let that trip me up. I was hung up. I finally one day told him that I needed space from our friendship. This was a huge change for me, but I knew I had to take care of myself. I was adulting. I was parenting myself. It felt good. I remember clear as day that not long after that, I was in my apartment and I opened the door to the hall and Bill was walking by and I said, hi. And he said, hi too. I had really opened myself up to new people around me. Whereas before I was just concentrating on one person and not thinking about the possibilities of what was around me. I had seen Bill around, but we never talked. Now, my apartment was in Hollywood. It was a small studio apartment in the shadow of the Magic Castle and a stone's throw from the hotel where Janis Joplin died. Down the block was the Chinese theater and all the stars' footprints in cement and a lot of tourists. Further down the street was MI, Musicians Institute, where all the rocker boys went to study drums, guitar, and the like. I mean, I'm sure there were girls that went there too. Anyway, it was like being in any of the clubs on the Sunset Strip, but all day, all night, every day. Cute guys in their tight rocker pants were always walking to and from the Institute with guitar cases slung over their shoulders. It was pretty awesome eye candy for this rocker chick. Bill and his brother lived in the complex, and they had attended MI after they came here from living in Hawaii. They both had a lot of hair. It was great. One day, I had the chance to talk to Bill, and he made me laugh. Oh, and he was tall. Here's the thing. I was always attracted to tall men, funny men, and after I met Gina, men with hair. Yes, a plus but I usually was only interested in dating men my age. Bill was 11 years older than me. I soon learned this didn't matter. 
I conveniently ran into him a few times, and one time I knocked on his door with a request. I was going out of town and asked if he could pick up my LA Times from outside my door so no one would steal it. I made the excuse that I really needed it for research for my job as a fundraiser. Wink, wink. I remember when I first met him, I knew right away that I would have a significant relationship with this man. I couldn't characterize it more than that, but I just knew. I had no idea I would eventually marry him. Well, a few months after we met, he came over to my apartment one night to visit, and he basically never left. The first year, we didn't really even have a fight. And even to this day, we don't fight that much. That first year, I had a lot of scars from previous dating relationships and just life in general. And being around Bill, he was so loving and so kind. I felt like a plant being watered and nurtured to grow. It's a silly way to put it, I know, but that's how I felt. He brought me back to life and made me feel like a desirable woman and a confident person. Even to this day, he'll see a photo of me from high school or college, and he'll say, I was such a babe. He doesn't understand why the guys weren't swarming around me. Well, I'm not sure about all that, but it's sweet when he says it. I think we're a good match. People tell us that a lot, that we're a good couple. We have similar taste in a lot of things, although, of course, not everything. Some differences are okay. We ended up getting married in Vegas 17 and a half years after we met. When people look at me funny after I tell them how long we were together, I just say, we had trouble committing. <laughs> That's not really true. We would have stayed together forever anyway, I'm pretty sure but we had been having a lot of medical issues and I was already always being called Mrs. Gifford anyway. And it just got to the point where being married made sense. I honestly never thought we would get married, but we did. I'll say this, knowing that a man loves you means a lot. There are ways that a man shows you he loves you and being married doesn't necessarily always say this definitively, but saying I do brings a woman a stronger sense of security. Before you're married, either one of you can just walk away. Being married gave me a stronger sense of confidence in our relationship and actually in myself. Does that mean marriage is easy? No, there are still challenges and tough times fights. We're both headstrong. And sometimes, yes, we butt heads with each other. But overall, we're each other's biggest fans and strongest advocates. When I'm hurt, he's there to comfort me. He's one of the few people who clearly saw the very complicated relationship I had with my mother for what it really was. It was hard to explain you had to see and hear what happened. And mom didn't let her guard down very often. But Bill often got to see her true colors. And while I'm not sure what my mom thought of Bill, because she never told me exactly, 
My dad told me before he passed away that Bill was a good man and that he approved of him. And that meant a lot. While marriage might not be for everyone, I think there's something special to be experienced for people who are married, at least to the right person. It allows you to see the world through another person's eyes. It gives you a sense of being on a team that, at least for me, has meant a lot. I asked my husband recently if he felt that being an only child presented any challenges for him. He has three siblings. That's a big difference. He thought about it for a few seconds and said, no, it didn't affect him. And in fact, he greatly respects the way I'm able to work things out on my own, probably because of the fact that I am an only child. They say you find love when you aren't looking. I don't know if that's true, but I feel like you will find love when you're ready. Have you found your solid guy or gal? Or are you still looking? Don't give up hope. Whatever kind of relationship you're looking for, here's what I tell people. When the time is right, you'll find that special person. You just need to keep an open heart. I know that's not always easy, though. I was in my 30s before I even met Bill, and I was in my late 40s when we got married. It was worth the wait. So happy anniversary to us. <laughs> it's been a great 30 years. That's all I've got for today. Next week, we'll tackle another topic together. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries.